Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. And go. Welcome back. We knew you were going to come back. Because when people start a top ten list, they have to finish it. So that's why we always break our top ten list into two parts. That way we're assured that... A, f- if a few more downloads. A few more downloads, because that's how we are. We like to keep them downloads tight. Keep them get, tight. Get them clicks. Get it right. Get it tight. Cheetos just come out with a mac and cheese. I'm going to have to buy. Uh, and break my... I, I don't know if anybody knows this, but I'm on a plant-based diet. <laughs> Cheetos are plant-based. They're made out of... Uh, they're made out of... Uh, what are they made out of? Uh, well, uh, they sawdust. got noodles, noodles sawdust and yellow trees. sawdust. Uh, but amazingly, uh, well, I, I don't know about the uh, macaroni and cheese Cheetos, but they just came out. They're at Walmart. They're 96 cents a box. How can you say no to that? Uh, you can't. You have to. You and they even they even have the flaming version, like flame the the flames are my favorite Cheeto, the super hot ones. While you're bringing this up, I just want to point this out. So I'm looking at our emails, and Mr. Bruno Baronot, he sent you. I said Baronot, like he's a like that's a robot Baronot. He sent you a very nice email regarding your health endeavors, which I won't read. But literally right after that. Uh, Mike Looney sent an email saying, "Hey, I know you like cereal. You need to try this fans of you need to try this s'more cereal." Mm. And I looked at it and I'm like, "I desperately need this. It's made by Malto Mill." There, uh, yeah, there. Uh, I don't even know where with, to get this at. With, it's at Walmart. Is it? So if I yes. personal shop, can I sit? Can I PayPal you and you personal? I will shop put that me? in a buggy and someone else will dispense it to you. Yes. I'd love that. Uh, being a personal shop at Walmart, I am seeing all these things that I've never seen before. <laughs> I'm sorry. They have a Twinkies cereal. They have a Hershey no, Kisses do. cereal, and I'm 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 uh, I'm going to have to put them in some almond milk and eat them. No, because I don't, don't do dairy do on my plant based diet. I don't like almond milk. That's nut juice. I don't like that stuff. I cannot do any type of. Any type of, I'll just do milk. Just drink milk. I know it's weird. But is that I like can't. pimp juice? It is. I like my pimp juice. I used to drink goat juice. I drank goat juice for like goat juice. Uh, goat milk. Goat juice. Goat. <laughs> Give me the juice of a goat. Just edit that out. But The greatest milk. of all time. Who would you take that from? <laughs> no, no. My, that, my... Goats. You used to have goats. My if I made juice, goats. it'd be goat juice because it's the greatest of all time, baby. Like Tom Brady. Okay. That's what they call goat. G-O-A-T. Greatest of all time. It's a thing. I didn't know that. I've seen wow. people say goat, and I don't know what goat meant. So that's what that means? <laughs> greatest it. of all time? If they, cause somebody calls you a goat, it's a compliment. Oh, I thought they were like saying I was stubborn. Well, I guess it depends on the context. Well, we're go- we're going to deal with the goat of 2019 in terms of board gaming, the board gaming goat. But real quick, before you do, okay, did you know Japan has a phone to call the dead? It says it the the wind phone was created by a man named Itaru Sasaki, who thought it'd be a healing, if whimsical, way to talk to his cousin who had passed away 
even if the conversation was one-sided, zoika zoika. That's a black... Okay, no. Copy, that's dark. And that's a Black Mirror episode, I'm pretty sure. It possibly could be. I think that's wrong. I don't think you got that. Did you get this from Best Last Ever? Well, of course! (laughs) The greatest sign of all time! If you call that number, though, prepare to be ghosted. Mm, That's what happens on Tinder. I've yet to... Yeah, you know, I just don't understand. Wait, what? 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 <laughs> You've yet nope. to hook? You've nobody, yet to hook up? On nobody, nobody, Aren't you married, slapping? sir? I'm just, I'm just seeing how this thing works. I put, <laughs> I'm catfishing people. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm 26 and I'm from Minnesota. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's go on to our list. What is our list? Do you have your list? I have no, wait. My list. Real quick. This is the oh. last. This one blew my mind. I, 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 we're going to get to our 2019 5 through 1 here momentarily. Okay. Have you ever heard that you cannot, like you physically, literally cannot fold a piece of anything, I guess a piece of paper, more than a certain amount of times? So have you ever like heard that? Like seven times? Yes. Seven times that. was what I was thinking. Yeah. This says, if you folded a piece of paper... Unless you're the Cleveland Browns, they fold all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. This from a guy who doesn't even watch football. I know. Sports. Uh, um, Yay. If you folded a piece of paper 42 times, it would be thick enough to reach the moon. 43 times? 42 times. It says, yes, you read that correctly. If you fold a piece of paper in half, it doubles in thickness. And if you fold it in half again, it doubles in thickness again. With that type of exponential growth, it would take just 23 folds for a 0.1 millimeter piece of paper to be one kilometer thick. And 30 folds for it to be thick enough to reach outer space. Unfortunately, the world record for the number of folds is 12. I wonder who did that. That is like, mind-boggling. Who folded? <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Folding a piece of paper. <laughs> Take that, Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> that was my best Arnold, and it came across a uh, sling blade. I'm okay. sorry. I can't okay. do Arnold. I can't do <laughs> You take sling blade and tighten up his butt a little bit. You get the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm. My mama used to use post-its. Never mm. could fold them. <laughs> they always get real sticky. Not more than uh, seven times. Can we get on to the list? What list? The fi- the top five of the goats of the board games oh. of 2019. Oh, yeah. Uh, real quick, right off the top of your head, they just did the spiel. Spiel. What one? What one? Uh, yes. It was uh, 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 well, Wingspan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look it up for you. I just I'm assumed. Sure. I looked at it. Let's see. Board games, winners, blah, 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 blah. Spilled his yards. Board game geek. Translate that. Uh, boy, it shows how out of touch we are. Award winners are. for 2020. Uh, it looked like pitchers won. Uh, Excuse me? Never heard of it? Interesting. Wait a minute. I can't read German. I'm, I'm trying oh to see. <laughs> Uh, uh, the crew won the Kenner Disyares, the Kenner Spiel. Uh, it looks like some Wait, kids' game. The Kenner Spiel's like the strategy game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and apparently the Spiel Disyares came down to a game called Pitchers. Uh, I've never heard of. 
Uh, Reiner Knizia, My City by Cosmos, was the runner-up. And Nova Luna, which was by Uwe Rosenberg, that was the other runner-up. So, you know, wow. those were out there. I think Maracaibo won for a strategy game for the Dice Tower Awards. Maracaibo did? For the I strategy. Who? Family Game Point Salad. Yeah, neither of those will be on my list anywhere. Just... Spoiler alert. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking at the judges, like who's the judges of the Spilda's Yars, and that's something that I've never realized that you could get on here and figure out who these people are who are are voting for these things, and I don't know these people. You could read their biography, which is interesting. Well, there's probably lots of people, like, in the hobby over there that we don't know. The hobby. That sounds like a cult in the hobby. Like, it's all one thing. It's one big thing. Well, it is, kind of, sort of. Not us. We're on the fringes. We are. We don't even know who won the spiel. It's like not even knowing who won the <laughs> well, Oscars. That's what I was going to say. I, I, like, since I have stopped driving truck, I don't listen to any podcast anymore, except for a few. I, I don't know any any news. I don't know anything coming out. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the hot goss is, what the drama. There's lots of drama on Twitter, usually. I haven't been on Twitter lately, so I don't know. All the Twitter drama is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, yeah. There's it's always just, somebody mad about something. Yes. there's And there are plenty of people mad about stuff right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, let's go on to the list. I'm itching. I'm itching. Start us All off right. with your number five. My number five is Rick. Why can't we? Why can't we pronounce Rurik? Oh, that's a great Uh, game. It is ranked uh, overall one thousand five hundred twenty-one. Interesting. It's seven (laughs) twenty-four on strategy, though. And if you're listening to this, FYI, uh, August the thirty-first, the Kickstarter is coming back for its expansion, and I believe you can get the base game with it. So you know, button up, Rurik. Spell just R U R I K. It plays one to four. I've never played the solo. I watched, uh, I think, Beyond Solitaire. Uh, she played it. She said it wasn't the best ever, but it really shines at at least three player. I mean, it's any bidding game to me is a minimum of three. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is this is one of those pseudo bidding games where you're bidding for position. So it works out well, even at lower player counts. But yeah, three three is where it's at. Three or four is where it's at. We uh, like and, it at three. And the way that the, uh, oh my gosh, I wish I knew words. But whenever you resolve the bidding, it goes in a certain order. And if you do not think that order out properly, then you can really... Doink yourself. Ruick yourself. That's what I call it. <laughs> Which you don't think I... You've uh, ruicked my plan. <laughs> <laughs> I ruick the day that I tried to uh, outsmart Jerry in uh, bidding on this game. And it's... Uh, it's just... It's... Uh, start talking. I, I can't say uh, words. It's, uh, I'll, I'll get to it here in a minute because it's obviously on my list. Uh, but okay. Rurik, I, uh, it, it is well, in my collection, as a certain somebody likes to say, because I into just my now prime the, I've just now primed the, the minis. I'm painting them. I'm, uh, I'm, okay. Uh, yeah. It's looking good. They're looking good. Okay. Uh, well, that's my number five. Rurik, Dawn of Kiev. My number five 
is... Game of 2019. My number five is a game that I, the publisher sent us a copy. Thank you, sir, so much, because this is a game that I, I would have probably have never have tracked down or had the gumption to actually think that I would play it because the way that it was built was a kind of a light 18x game it's investing and making companies that's city of the big shoulders uh it was nominated for a golden geek if i'm not mistaken mm. uh city of the big shoulders is an awesome game uh i it say, is. i just it is just one of those where the designer who I, I got to meet him at BGG. He had made a, a lighter game before this, but this is his first real big box game. And in the city of the Big Shoulders, you're starting companies in the town of Chicago back in the day, back in the 20s and 30s, and you're managing these companies, investing in companies and in other players' companies, and they're investing in yours, and you're having to keep your money separate because you have your own personal money plus also the money that you're putting into this company to make it better, and you, there's stocks, and there's worker placement, and there's buildings, and it's just amazing. You can have multiple companies going at the same time. It is a heavy game. It is a long game. But man, it is a great game. Uh, if you are into heavy strategy economic games and City of the Big Shoulders missed you in 2019, by all means, go to their website, seek it out. It is a great game. I concur. COTBS for the W. Uh, it's the GOAT. COBTS. Oh, yeah. Is the, yeah. I'm cool. I agree. I I I agree with everything you said. It is also on my list in the future. Okay, your number four, sir. My number four. Uh, I'm going to assume is going to be your number one. What's that it? is Barrage. Awesome game. Uh, we've talked about Barrage a uh, plenty on this game. We did a podcast over Barrage. Yes, the Kickstarter sucked. Apparently, I don't know, but Jerry knows all about it. It also has a solo mode that we have not tried, but uh, I'm not interested in the solo because, uh, well, I guess if this quarantine continues on for infinity, indefinitely, I'll give it a try. But it's best the more you have because it's one of those games where... Uh, does it scale? Is there anything on it that scales? I guess yes. the starting yes. dams do, but it, no, it scales with the with the workers, worker placement oh, okay. with your engineers. Yeah, yes, it does scale. So, and Barrage, Barrage is one of those games that was very controversial in 2019. Cranio, who was the company that put it out, who Cranio is one of my favorite companies. They put out games such as uh, Lorenzo El Magnifico, and I believe they also did um, Newton and pretty much all the Simon Lucchiani Polo? games. Yeah, Simone. Uh, this was also Tomas, Tommaso Batista. Mm -hmm. uh, Rolo Tomasi. Yes. It's, uh, yeah, I, I really, I started off not really liking Barrage, but after several plays and finally understanding it, because it is pretty heavy for me. Like It is heavy. The scoring is got this, it's got a weird thing with the scoring that took me forever to grok i just could not understand it until finally i did and once i understood how everything worked i was like wow this is one of those we use this term a lot and actually uh 
let's see who wrote us about this a uh, tight it's super tight everything you do you're going to either hurt somebody else or block them or they're going to hurt you or something you're going to do is going to affect someone else and it's just one of those games and that's just the style of game we as the board game snobs tend to lean towards and this game does it very nicely all right barrage your number four overall rank 130 it's moved up there. I'm proud. And also a Golden Geek nominee. Uh, my number four uh, was a... And also a Heavy Cardboard nominee. Excellent. Who? Uh, heavy, heavy Cardboard. Number four for me was a game that you had talked about earlier, Blitzkrieg. Um, Blitzkrieg. Wow. <laughs> shot up the charts. It shot up the charts. Uh, Blitzkrieg, a- as a two-player game, I-, I have I have an issue with two-player games because a lot of times they don't lend themselves to heavy strategy. Blitzkrieg uh, has effectively killed Watergate for me. Not that I won't play Watergate, but I was all about Watergate in terms of, of two-player games. Uh, Watergate's still in my collection. I, I really do like it, and it was like number 13 on this list, I believe. Um, but Man, Blitzkrieg looks like a print and play, it, it, and and the designer talks about it in the rule book that this game just how he came up with it and a little bit about it. You are just essentially just taking these chits, pulling them out of your bag, having a set amount of them, and then placing them out on one of the five theaters of war in World War II. And it's very abstract, and you're just moving this cube. Who's winning? You know, is it, oh, it's pushing toward the Axis side. Oh, it's pushing towards the Ally side, and scoring victory points. Very basic. But the strategy, the strategy of it is there. Every move you make mm-hmm. makes a difference. It, and the theme is very light. Like the theme is not really there, but you, it gives you that, that twilight struggle light mm-hmm. feel. It, mm-hmm. It's very quick. And I did not think I would like the solo because the solo is basically an AI bot that when you pull out, one of these eight little tokens out of the bag, it says, okay, do this strategy. Well, the AI does pretty much the most optimal move each time. Like, it does not mess up. And Turksy, the designer of this, who's done many solo games in the past. The designer's Paolo Mori. I think yeah, Turksy just did the solo. Yeah, yeah Turksy just did the solo. And he, I was listening to a podcast where he mentioned that he did this solo rules in a day. He came up with these solo rules in this one day. He just thought them out and wrote this algorithm and says, okay, this is what the bot would do. And it makes the, it makes the best move. And so you're playing against the computer, basically. You're playing against something that is always going to go to the right spot. And I, I did not like having to flip through the rule book and follow this algorithm the first time I played it. And I thought, I'll never play this solo. I like, I don't learn, really like it. And then I just, I learned it. And every time I played it, it got a little better. It got a little better. And it became one of my, it, it feels like an old war game. If you are the old war gamer type that likes the chits, that knows what I'm talking about when it comes to reading these little algorithms of, and utilizing an AI in your war games, Blitzkrieg has a light version of that. It's a great two-player game. It's a good solo game, and uh, it's yeah, uh, I'm I'm in love with it. it it's it, the it, epitome it is. of the old. Uh, uh, this is often used in a board game lingo, but easy, super easy to learn, but 
deep on, I wouldn't say strategy, but at least tactics. It's tactics. And this looks like an old game, You don't know what you're going to get until you literally pull the shit out of the bag, but... You do have three or four of them. You can build up a, a good handful. Of, actually, <laughs> Jerry, a, a way to win the game that Jerry wasn't aware of because he had to look it up because it happened to me. He bombed me. Anytime you bomb them, your opponent, they lose a chit. So you might start off with three. Well, then you're down to two. Well, if you want to increase back up, you have to go to the little industrial spot. Then you can pull an extra chit out. Uh, but Jerry kept bombing me, and I never built my stuff back up for some stupid reason. And I eventually had no chits. And I was like, okay, what do I do now? Do I draw one out of the bag? He looks it up in the rules. No, he just won. But it, it's so simple because you, you have to play on the top row of every theater of war. And once it's filled up, then you go to the next one. And once it's filled up, then you score it. And then you go to the next line. It's so simple. It is so freaking simple to learn. Like Jerry taught this to me in five minutes and we're on our way. And it literally, it says World War II in 20 minutes. It's it's a super fast game. We played three or four games of it. Just bam, 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 bam. It was, I was very impressed and enjoyed this game. You were shit out of luck. <laughs> um, was. Yeah. Yeah. C-O-L. Yeah, it is a yeah, it is a great it's a great game, and as advertised, it's it's twenty minutes or less. Uh, but my Blitzkrieg number four, love it. Interesting. Your number three, sir. We're down to my, the top three. My number three is one that you have mentioned. Let's see. It was your. Uh, I've been writing yours down. <laughs> You're apparently not as impressed with this game as I am, but I believe I played it way more than you. Circadians, circadian rhythm. Method. Circadian's First Light is a uh, space game, dice game. Jerry discussed it already. But it's it's a little... I broke it back out because it had been oh, three or four months since me and Jerry played it and my memory is shot. So I relearned the rules real quick. I played this solo. Love, love this game solo. It's a very effective solo. Took it to Mike and Crystals, played it with them. They too love this game. It's again, it's very, what's the best part about this game is that the rules of the game are on that player screen. That player screen, once you know the game, you can't forget it because the player screen literally walks you through every step. Okay. You do this. Now you do this. Now you do this. Now you do this. And for a person like me who's constantly forgetting the rules of a game or the uh, the format of the game, you know, what you're supposed to do after all this is done, that player screen is very nice. Dice placement, of course, you can manipulate the dice so you're not stuck with whatever you roll. You can do several, several different things with them, put them uh, in something that you're going to collect them back at the end of your turn. Or if you're wanting to sacrifice them for victory points at the end of the game, you can do that. So it's a, a quick mechanism of I need I need food or whatever, algae, these different things. Or long-term game, I'm going to place it over here, lose it. Then you got to work your way back up to more dice. I love Circadian First Light. It's an excellent game. I'm going to correct something I said a little bit earlier about it. Uh, Circadians is not designed by Shim Phillips. Sam Phillips is, and I don't know if he's related to Shim, is the artist. I think it's his brother. I, I, I've said it's his brother. I don't know. But Sam Phillips is an excellent illustrator, and I believe he's the illustrator of Raiders of Scythia. The new game oh. by uh, Shim, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the designer of this 
though, is the is the uh, other designer with Shim, a Mr. S.J. McDonald. Mr. McDonald has also designed, was the co-designer of Architects of the West Kingdom and Paladins of the West Kingdom, and this the new game, the Vice Courts of the West Kingdom. So if you're interested in any of Shim Phillips' games, uh, by all means, seek out this Circadian's First Light. It has flown, flow, flew under everybody's radar. Uh, excellent game. Excellent game. Uh, bravo to him. Excellent. Uh, excellent. All right, so we're now up to our number threes, aren't we? No, that was my number three. Oh, that well, my number three. Okay, because it was Rurik, Barrage, and then Circadians. Yours okay. has been uh, City of the Big Shoulders and Blitzkrieg. Now you're number three. I'm glad you're you're writing this down because my uh, rum's kicking in. Uh, <laughs> Hey, that's my job to lose track of things. My number three. But is since I'm on a plant based diet these days, I've really cut back. Uh, this this number this third game here, number three for me, humbled me. Um, at, I doubt that. At BGG, I was ambling around at the various uh, vendors, and this nice guy who was demoing this particular game pulls me aside and says, "You have to play this game." I go to all the conventions. I play board games for 20 years. This is one of my favorite games. There's something about it. It's so simple, but yet it's so enchanting. He gave me the pitch, and I'm looking at it and going, oh, this looks just, it. yeah, okay. And I'm trying to get away from him, and then he says, oh, this is just basically Seven Wonders, but with these mechanics. And I go, oh, okay. Well, I'm not really into Seven Wonders. And I walked away. <laughs> For some reason, much later, I purchased... Solely I can't for the, believe your love of this game. Yes. It boggles my mind. I purchased It's a Wonderful World based on of, I'm just going to review this for the fans. I have to purchase it. And so I learned Not listeners, fans, because you're all fanatical about us. Okay. And so this is Seven Wonders, which Seven Wonders is fine. I just don't particularly like it. Well, I, t- to my chagrin, I find that It's a Wonderful World has a solo mode, which is basically emulates the the base game and you just you're trying to get to a certain points and you know score this and so i played it once and i thought that's interesting it's it's very it's very abstract you essentially are trying you're a nation and you're trying to develop your nation to be the best and you're a nation (laughs) yeah you're a nation suffocation defecation all these various nations um Mm. the use of the nation pod um, P.O.D. 90. Wow. We're still you stuck really on pulled that. that out of I nowhere. <laughs> Remember when that was like everybody's anthem for a little bit? Everybody thought uh, that the youth of the gosh. nation. They thought though, they had like two good songs. Uh, <laughs> they had two I good think, songs. Yeah, maybe. Maybe two. Maybe. Maybe. They're just like Papa Roach. But do you uh, know how much, like if you have a singular hit, like you're good. Like oh, you're golden. Yeah. Oh yeah, Lou Bega? Are you kidding me? Mambo, Mambo number, number five. Nine? Oh, I was going to say number, number five. No. Okay, let me tell you something about Lou Bega. Let me tell you something about Lou Bega. I'm going to interrupt everything. I'm going to stop what I'm talking about. Years ago, I have to tell this story to tell this story. But Lou Bega come out. I had his cassette tape. Yes, I said it. Cassette tape. What? Cas single or cassette album? No, the album. I had the album. Wow. Every one of his songs was just like Mambo number five, except just variations of the women's names. Uh, very misogynistic music, by the way. This did not <laughs> age well. Uh, but anyways, uh, 
I was watching a certain video game be developed, and I was using my AOL uh, to get on and get on the LOL. forums, which which was the first forum I'd ever been on in my life. The first forum I'd ever been on was by a computer company called Raven. They were developing a Star Trek game called Elite Force. I was on their forum, and you have to pick a username. And for some reason at this time, I thought I thought that this was <laughs> a... Uh, I did not want to put my real name, so I put a fake uh, name, and I put Lou Bega. <laughs> on this forum... I actually alluded to the fact that I might be the real Lou Bega. And so people thought for a little bit that I was Lou Bega. And so, of course, everybody was always talking. And, of course, I was always – every reference and post I would make was something to somehow reference Mambo Number 5 because that was my only hit. Uh, So Lou Bega holds a very – A little bit of Monica in my life. In my life. Yeah, I love – yeah, a little bit – yeah. Cassandra. Da, 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 so, uh, yeah, uh, he uh, he has a net worth now of one million dollars. You know, for somebody like he had one song, literally nineteen ninety nine, he soared to the number three spot on the charts. One hit, he's still a millionaire. That's better than I'm doing. I would take it. The, but yeah, but 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 no, Mambo Number Five was the one that got him, that got him on there. Uh, he actually had some better. He's got better songs than just that. He does. does. He? he does. I haven't heard them. Okay, well then you need to get on YouTube and look up Lou Bega. I got a girl. That's a great. Mm. That's a great song. <laughs> Is her name Monica? Song. No, he was really tripped up by Monica because a lot <laughs> of his Monica. Songs, a lot of his songs had. Had Monica. There was so was Ja Rule and Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah. So let me read you. He also he also had a great song uh, called the he had a great song called the most expensive girl in the world. For which I will now read you some of the lyrics. Oh, please do. Jimmy was a fly guy with a big Mercedes. He thought mm-hmm. he could get all types of ladies. He makes a lot of money because he's a money maker. And if he looks for style, he rides jet skis in Jamaica. He met his beautiful girl at a bar, and Jimmy could swear she looked like a star. He got the most expensive girl in the world. Blah, blah, blah. Did he blah. rhyme so, swear with star? Yes, he does. And Fire. it works. It Ooh. works. It's a great song. It's a great song. You I know who the I looked up one hit wonders. You know who the number one is on who finance.yahoo.com? Go ahead. Maybe you remember a little tune called I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too I sexy for guy. my shirt. Right, said Fred. That's a great one. It says he also continues to make new music. They released their latest album exactly in February 2017. They have a net worth of $5 million each. Now, that's the Fair Brass Brothers. So they're not doing bad. $5 million. Vanilla Ice was number two. But he's actually got more money, so I don't understand their ranking. Maybe, I guess, just uh, cultural phenomena. But, he, you know, he, uh, Robert Van Winkle from, uh, he, uh, I think he attended high school here in Paris, Texas. Has a net worth of $10 million, uh, mostly due to his construction business, apparently. Lou Baker released a reggae album in 2013. That's all I need to know. we got to get off here so I can listen to that quickly. Uh, where was I? <laughs> uh, I, did I what say a wonderful world. Oh, oh, wonderful world. Wonderful world. I'm sorry. 
Um, so this game humbled me because I did I did not expect to like it. I have played this game solo more than any other solo game of 2019. So it's your so it's your it's your solo game of 2019. Uh, and it's it's a. Yeah, I mean, I just can't get enough of it. And I, I think what it is, it's so weird. is it, it's a drafting game. But what happens is when you have your hand of cards, you can do one of two things with this card. You can lay it down in front of you saying, I'm going to commit to build it. Or I'm going to discard it and get the cube that is that resource that's on it. And that's it. And you use that cube to put on other cards that you've already committed to build. And then once you get all the cubes that are needed to build this card, you move it over to your area. And then during the production round, it produces more cubes. You use those cubes to build other stuff. That's it. That's the game. That is literally the game. The back of the box is the rules. Explains the game to you. (laughs) And I was just shocked by the art and just just how nice and calming it is to play. And I have to say that when I sat down and looked through all these games and ranking them and thinking, man, it's a wonderful world is just up there for me. It, it, it literally killed seven wonders for me. I'll never play seven wonders again. I will use it's a wonderful world to introduce. It's, it's enough strategy that people who like heavier games will enjoy it. It teaches drafting. I've played this game with my wife. She beats me each and every time. I cannot figure that out. Um, but yeah, it's a wonderful world. It blows me away that this I like this game as much as I do. Do you play Louis Armstrong every time you play it? Every time. If you're still stuck on playing Seven Wonders or you think Seven Wonders was a good game, you need to throw it in the trash and buy It's a Wonderful World. <laughs> Gotta be your, your number two, sir. Uh, out of our, uh, let's see, so far we've discussed our uh, top seven games up to this point. We've had one, two, three, four. We've had... Six bunch. crossovers. Yeah, bunch well, of crossovers. We're going to have we're gonna crossovers. I do not. Wonderful World for me was number 18. And uh, King's Dilemma for me was out of my top. But uh, Undaunted. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, my number two was also your number eight. Dino Genix by Richard Keane, publisher of Ninth Haven Games. I think they did a, like you said, reprint. Did it go back to Kickstarter? Yeah, I did. They're supposed to tighten up some of the rules. Life finds a way. Uh, at one point, he said he was going to put one of your quotes on the box. I'm not sure it made it there. He doesn't need to quote me. <laughs> Come on. To see board game snobs Jerry Baker on a box, you're, the humility that uh, Wonderful World gave you it would disappear. I love that game. I Your love Dinogenics. And I wish that the... Dinogenics uh, is... It is... It gives... Like you said, Dinosaur Island, I, that's the most abstract game. Dinogenics makes me feel like I'm in Jurassic Park. It, it's got the, the people that come to visit, the dinosaurs. If you don't watch them, they're going to break out, cause havoc. You have to repair that damage. Uh, there's all these different sites you can go to. You have... I, I love... And we played it at our cabin con before all this garbage hit us with the pandemic and stuff. And it like, yeah, we had played it once before that. And then we're like, no, we need to relearn this, play it again. And it solidified its spot in my, that's my number two, because I freaking love Dinogenics. It's a great game. It's a clever girl. It's a great game. It is indeed. Uh, My number two is one that we, you have mentioned earlier. It is probably the game to me that this year um, introduced. It, it, it took a mechanic and refined it, and that's Rurik. 
Dawn of Kiev. And just to remind everybody, August the 31st is its Kickstarter with its expansion. And it's, uh, yeah, that, that, that mechanism of that bidding action selection where you're, you're putting a meeple, the whole basis of the game with this mixture of resource and area control is that you have a meeple. It has a number on it and that's its strength. And you put it out on this track and it bids. And that bidding is, Who's going to get to move, attack, build, so forth. All the actions of the game. And the meeples resolve in a certain order. And so you have to really think ahead and go, how bad do I want to use this action? How powerful do I want this action to be? And when do I want to do this action? Those three strategies, those three ways of thinking have to be in your mind or you'll ruik yourself. You'll end up moving before attacking or or whatnot. But at the same time, this game offers just every little thing it does, it puts a little twist on it. And Mm -hmm. everything it does, I like. And I don't think it needs an expansion. I'm getting the expansion just simply because I'm interested in seeing what else they could add to it. I'm painting the minis. Rurik was one of the finest Kickstarters that come out in 2019. I'm, I'm, I love seeing independent designers come out and make a game so nice. And so, and, and it has everything. You'll it, buy it twice. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And I, I, I do I, not regret kickstarting it. I don't regret I, everything about it. It's an the, awesome game. The ranking of those, uh, maples. Is it one through five? Yeah, I believe it is. And I think you might have a couple, like you might have a couple twos or a couple threes, but that where you can add a coin, a dollar to each of them. So if you have, did you say this already? I, no, I didn't mention the coins, but yeah, you use money to up so the ranks when, and the maples. Like say Jerry plays uh, his high ranking one somewhere. I could make my four a five by adding a coin to it. So money is very important this game because it can alter the value of your bid. And money is also super tight. And that the the bidding in this game is one of the best bidding. Uh, it doesn't feel like bidding though, but it is. It it's not, but it is. But it's it's one of the best. I don't know what the word is. I'm mechanisms. It's not. I mean, it's not the bidding. The way they did it in this particular game is one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah. The 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 bidding. The ranking the pla- of the meeples one through five plus you could add to them, and then they're resolved in that particular order. Is it one two five? Yeah. Like you resolve your ones first. Yeah, and and and, and that's what gets it is that using these meeples to both bid and select the action. And what happens is, is somebody can outbid you and they push you down the ranks. And so, for instance, if you hold the number one spot in attacking, you might be able to attack twice. But when somebody outbids you and pushes your meeple down, you go down and down and down and down. And so you may invest a lot of money in a high meeple on one spot that nobody goes to. Or you might put a meeple out on this other area wanting to build a structure and everybody go there and they end up pushing you down and now you don't get to do as powerful a move as you want. It's just a fascinating game. It, it, it truly it's is. Really and good. it's, it, it really just good. shows that how people, it, I, it's just one of those games that shows just how these independent designers, how there can still be great games come out of Kickstarter. 
like truly great games. And the designer, Stan Kordonsky, I believe is his name, he's also the designer of Dice Hospital. And if you remember the role-player game, the add-on that came out, Lockup, he's also the designer of it. So it, it, it's a, you know, a pretty solidified designer. And it's it just man, it's just a great game. Just a great game. It's coming back to Kickstarter. And if I had to make one recommendation, if I had to make, even though this is not my metal coins, one, yeah, oh yeah, uh, metal. <laughs> this is not my number one game, obviously. But if I had to make a recommendation cr- across the board to all of our listeners, if there's one game that you should just go out and get off this list, I would say my number one's a little more niche. This. Go out, kickstart Ruick on I think it's August the 31st when it comes out. This is the game you want. Hands it's down. Good. It's, it's good. It's good. Okay. What's your number one? Um I believe I'm pretty sure you're number one. Can you guess my number one? I have not a freaking clue. I'm sorry. Yeah, my number one's very obvious. But I have no clue what yours is. Well, again, after much deliberation, because I thought, you know, at one point, like I was like on board with Barrage. Like, yeah, that's a good game. I love that game. Uh, but then Circadians, that Barrage was number four. Then Circadians and Dinogenics. So like Dinogenics almost was my number one. Isn't it weird how that works out? But City of the Big Shoulders is <sighs> my number one. Really? I Every like Jerry, and when we played this game, Jerry continued to be shocked. Like I cannot believe, like you actually like this game this much. Just the stocks and the and even (laughs) we played it, and like the whole splitting of the stocks and the stock uh, speculation and all that stuff. I had a hard time grasping. Like this is not an easy game. It is rather heavy. But I love this game. You, the the we overuse this term, but tight is the money is tight. Where you want to go, there's just a few options, but within those options, you better think long and hard about where you want to go, or else you can really mess yourself up. You can invest in other people's companies, your opponent's companies, and it's probably pretty wise that you do so, or else you're just going to be stuck with one share in your own company, and that's not going to get you much. Like, you have to diversify, and if you diversify enough, well, I can end up stealing your company from you, and you weren't really seeing that coming, which Jerry did to Enrique. And then at that time, <laughs> this game is just, oh man, it's it's so deep strategically and what you can do like jerry took a company from enrique then like just bankrupted it and sold it back to him and it was just all (laughs) kinds of craziness and i just sat there and just laughed and laughed because i was like wow this is like this is a game this is a game style i haven't played before like i the way this game plays it was it's all very interesting and fresh to me. Like you said, it, it, people of the 18XX will probably get this, but this is as close in the first time I've ever gotten to that genre, and I really like it. It, it is a, um, yeah, it's got so much going. It's very heavy. It's very complicated. But that, 
the thing that hooked me on it was the idea, and it's that mechanic that Gobby talks about, is that you start companies, but the money that's in that company is not your money. Your money is your victory points. You want to have as much money in your pocket, but at the same time, you have to use your money and put your money into companies. And so it's like you're you're investing in these companies, and it actually feels like you're investing in this company, yes. and you're buying shares. And you can buy other – I, I have looked over at Gabi and thought, I like what he's doing with that company. I'm <laughs> he's going doing to, a good job. He's doing a good job. I'm going to buy into that company. And then I've looked over at Enrique's company and thought, he's put a lot of money into that company. I think I'm going to hostily take over his company. And then I'm going to run it into the ground and get all the money out of it that I can. And then I'm going to see if he ends up fighting me to buy it back, which he did. And that was, I, it was just a very sandbox feel. But it was just such a, an amazing game. Uh, and, and, and it's one that I would not... It was. It's not one that I would recommend to everybody. It's. It's. It's got a weight of almost a four on BGG. By the way, it, it's. It's a very heavy game, uh, and it's. It was just a. It, it. It was hard to describe the feeling that it gives you, but it is. There's several gaming rule videos for it, uh, but it. It was definitely the heavy, XX type game of last year like it, it just caught me way off guard the look the feel of it, it it's a great game it's an economic um investing game stock holding tile placement it's got everything it's got a little it, bit of everything it has me someday we're gonna have to and uh it scares me but it has me really wanting to try at least whatever the entry the entry level eighteen XX game would be, I don't even have a clue. Uh, that would be eighteen Chesapeake, uh, which is the newest iteration that just came out. I've already looked into it. It's ungodly expensive, but yes, that's the eighteen <laughs> XX game that I want to I want to give a go at. Like these days. if if they're anything like City of Big Shoulders, I'm in. Yeah, if this world survives, we'll give it a shot. Raymond okay. Chandler III is the designer of City of the Big Shoulders. He designed a, one other previous game called Corrupted Kingdoms a few years back. Uh, a very light game, but then his first big box game was this City of the Big Shoulders. And uh, yeah, congratulations. This is an excellent game. Excellent game. Uh, my number one is an obvious choice if you've heard me talk about this in the past. It's a game that I've played on TTS with Cody, uh, what's Cody's last name? Snodgrass, Snoddergrass. Uh, I love this game. I love Barrage. Uh, I miss the Kickstarter, and I, 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 I thankfully, I guess because there was a lot of production issues with the Kickstarter, and then when I got my hands on this game, I, I was blown away by it. Uh, the reason I sought this game out is because it's designer Simone Lucchiani, who is the designer of Lorenzo El Magnifico, Zulkin. Voyages of Marco Polo, Grand Austria Hotel, all these games for which are very heavy, games that I like. Uh, Newton, even, even games that I really don't particularly care for, I can respect uh, that he's designed. Um, just an excellent designer, and always coming up with new and interesting ways of uh, kind of engaging the players. Barrage is a game that has a very odd theme. You're building dams, you're stopping water, and you're sending that water to your 
uh, power stations and seeing how much power you can generate. It's a worker placement game. You're managing resources. It is incredibly mean. And if you don't play the game mean, you're going to get left behind. I love Barrage. It is up there with brass. The the things I don't like about Barrage, I wish there were more... I wish there was some... Uh, some variety with the map. Like, I wish the map was different. Like, I could flip the board over and there'd be a different map or it'd be modular because I would like to see different routes. But other than that, uh, Barrage is a game of very intense player interaction. You have to have an end game in mind when you start the game. You have to be thinking, what am I going to be doing at the very end of this game? How far ahead? Uh, you have to think, is just... It's just one of those games that you have to really plan out every move, and one bad move crushes you. It's often one of these games where you just need one more resource. You need one more concrete mixer. You would need one more excavator. You need one more engineer, and you just don't have it. And you just sit there and look and realize you're stupid. This game makes you feel stupid. It's of the similar weight as City of the Big Shoulders, uh, but Barrage, I, I just... There's something about this game that just clicked with me from, from, from the beginning. I love teaching this game. I love playing this game. And Barrage is my game of 2019. It is very good. There you have it. Um, I, I, so our, our top, we have our top five crossovers. City of the Big Shoulders, Barrage, and... Uh, oh, well, actually, no. Where, where did I have Rurik? Hmm. But Rurik would have to be probably pretty close. Let's see. My Rurik was... Uh, no, Rurik is number five. So our top five, we had three crossovers. City of the Big Shoulders, Barrage, and Rurik. If we were to identify a board game snobs number one, like together, I, I what would you <laughs> go with? I was thinking of that. And so, uh, so this is what you run into with... Like, if we were to put shows. our stamp on something... Here, and here's what I here's what I'd say. Um, so, I, I as much as I love Barrage, I would not. And it's it's rated an eight point one on BGG, by the way. It's not a game that I would jump out and say, "Hey, you need to." I just tell everybody and that you should play this game because it's very heavy. The same thing is true with City of Big Shoulders. It's rated an 8.1 in the same weight. It's 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 a very difficult game to get into. They kind of have a certain feel to them that I just don't think everybody is going to get uh, get into. And with that being said, I would have to say we'd have to give that some thought and announce that on our Snobby Award because Rurik... <laughs> Rurik is a much lighter game, but at the same time, I don't know if its mechanisms would hold out. So, keep that thought in mind because I would even throw Dinogenics in that in that mm. mixture. Dinogenics was a very solid game. That Love we me both some Dino, in. and plus, with a and that's a that has an appealing theme to a lot of people, right? And plus, keep, keep this in consideration. Uh, you just started playing Blitzkrieg. And mm -hmm. I love Blitzkrieg, and I could certainly see if I had to lay a generalized stamp of approval, say this is the game of 2019, Blitzkrieg would be in the running as well as Circadians. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, and the only reason I would say 
that like Yukon Airways or King's Dilemma, Undaunted, It's a Wonderful World, those games all have a certain feel, but we each feel kind of differently on them. And so I think that what we need to do is uh, beseech our listeners to send in your final votes for the Snobby Awards. Uh, well, you did that on our Facebook page already. Asked yeah, some some people. And I was I, I, I was going to say real quick uh, for Barrage, uh, Corey Hockman, Chad. I'm assuming it's Fair Fairs and William Nilifer. They were like Barrage. Well, I had kind of classified them, but upon going into that, I was like, it's super hard to classify stuff as strategic, family weight, and filler. But uh, they had Barrage as theirs. Uh, Trevor Franklin had Rec Raiders as a family game. Uh, Jared Shaw, he said Root. He says, I know that's 2018, but it had additional content and rules fixes that all came out in 2019. Matthew Strout said Rurik. Uh, Andy Kritz, he said Paladins. Come on, Andy. Come on. Uh, Frankie is all about Res Arcana. Frankie of the North. Christian was an escape plan man. As far as filler, uh, Point Salad, that was from William and Frankie. And family got Clank and Tiny Towns that had a few votes. But uh, well, Raj, I would say that was probably the leader of uh, several votes from the Facebook group. But like you said, I just... It's your number one. It's my number something I've done forgot five or four, six, but I don't know if I don't, you're the one that said you're going to do the snobbies thing and I don't know how you're going to do it. So I'll leave that up to you. I'm going to post it on our Facebook. We're going to keep this kind of tabled because I think the snobby awards, is going to have to be something kind of a conglomeration of us. Plus the opinions of our fans, not just our listeners, our fans, because that's what we need. Uh, I, I enjoyed the email that was sent to us. Let me find it right here regarding a term that we often use. It may have to be something that I'll address on another uh, another podcast regarding what it means for a game to be tight. I've often used that term. And I believe Mr. Joel Stibbard sent that email and I'd like to respond to that at another time but we've gone long on this one but either way this was our top 10 of 2019 stay tuned for us please send us your emails at boardgamesnobs at gmail.com send us what you think uh, send us two, one of two things one what games you want to see recognized on the snobbies or two send in weird uh, categories for the snobbies your favorite game of whether it be a genre or just a stupid name for an award. Just well, I was, that's what I was ran, I ran into. Like, huh, if I was going to go family game, so that would be like, you'd have to go weight class on BGG. So what would that be? What under? if your family's really heavy? Th- <laughs> well, what that would be the Moragas. Clumps. The clumps. Yeah. <laughs> Hercules, Hercules. So that's kind of hard to define, and I uh-huh. just I realized that's why it's much easier just to do a top five. But if you're going to like go into different categories, that's a lot of homework, and I ain't got time for that. Well, here's what I would say, and let's agree upon this for our, our fans and our listeners: that the game of two thousand <laughs> two very and, separate things. Yeah, the 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 yeah, 
the snobby award for the game of the year, the GOAT, um, it has to be a game that not only is respected. For instance, like I would say, I love Barrage as my number one. But would I call this out to be the best game of 2019? All I'm saying is that I think Barrage is the best game for me in 2019. Would I recommend Barrage to everybody I come across? Absolutely not. I would be more inclined to, re- to recommend perhaps Blitzkrieg or Rurik or Dinogenics or something else of that nature. So that has to be consideration. It's like that Spilled as Yarez. Is the game not only good, but is it streamlined, is it tight, and is it something that you can kind of give a general recommendation? Overall, is this game the cream of the crop? Something that might be a classic one day Ooh. when it hits its 10-year mark. Something or to five. consider. Or five. Or three. Who knows? Uh, that's all I've got time for. It's late here, and i got to go to bed. Sounds good. Bye. <laughs>